Good morning. Hello. Hola, senors. Wow. That called everybody. I like this feature. Nice. <laughs> I, I just took a chance on Kirk because everybody I knew was there except for Kirk. <laughs> I'm here. I'm just trying to get ready. Ah. Mike, you... I changed my profile picture for you. What is happening there? It looks black and white, and it, you look like the Bride of Frankenstein. That's right. It was it was a, fa a Halloween face filter from a few years ago. Ah, did I get it right? <laughs> yeah. <you did>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't even know where mine came from. Mine's just a random picture of the kids. I just saw, see yours as JC. Mm. I don't see one on yours. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a pic I'm seeing a picture of the kids in a, the Target dog of all things. Oh yeah, yeah I, I do I do see that. I don't know why I can't see that. It's like John Cena, baby, you can't see me. You're still <laughs> you're still blowing like a kiss though, Rob, right? Right. <laughs> That's Rob's signature move right there. <laughs> That's how you got your my, wife with that kiss. I did my hair and everything else. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> so how's it going? Good. How have you guys been? Good. I was just saying, I can't believe we haven't recorded as a as a group since I'm pretty sure December. Yeah, the That's last cool. time uh, we we did it, it was just me and Kirk. Right. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Joe Joe reminded me. Joe Joe was my memory. <laughs> yeah, y'all did the romance episode. That's because we love y'all. <laughs> we dedicated it to y'all and Vanna White. Oh, man. That's nice. I like Vanna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love her job. That's what I wish I had. Oh my God, I've been saying that for 35 years. <laughs> I'd just like I to show up for like an hour and, and just turn letters around. That would be great. My she doesn't even do that anymore. She just touches them. Oh, she just touches them. Yeah, she just. Mm. Yeah, my wife light. was complaining they don't need her anymore because she doesn't even have to turn the letters around. And I was like, "You shut your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> you don't want in to hear that. You, in case you were wondering if if couples can have political disagreements, that's the biggest you can have right there. <laughs> Vanna is essential. <laughs> She's an essential employee. <laughs> she like hosts. Better the wheel, week. but you keep Vanna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going, to a, I'm going to a very small Comic Con tomorrow. I'm not sure that I would even call it. You, you didn't go. You didn't go today. No, it's only one day. It's not really a Comic Con. It's a comic show. Oh sure, yeah. Like 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 they used to have in the malls in the old days. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm expecting it to. Be, it's not even. It, he always does it at one of the hotels nearby he's not even doing that i don't know what this space is that's near a supermarket in the plaza so i have no idea what to expect but there's there's usually just vendors there right like a yeah. hotel con yeah. are you looking for anything in particular there isn't anything that i really need to or that i've been on on in the mood to like try to find i i don't know if you guys have any suggestions but i'm gonna go and just kind of look around. Look Did you finish your uh, Luke Cage? 
Not even close. So oh, that's, that's, one a, of the things that's that what I you could focus on there. That's one, that is one of the things I, I, I thought I could do, especially like <clears throat> a lot of the Power Man and Iron Fist issues. Yeah, yeah. Fair, you know, I could get a bunch of those if they have them. When I finished I, that I would, really early because I, I love Luke Cage. <laughs> I don't Rob, know what, what it you is. ought to do is finish up all your image books from the 90s because the way this speculation crap's been going lately, you know, those Young Blood Strike Files are going to go from the quarter bin to the wall. Yeah. If that happens, I will be a rich man. <laughs> well, stuff that's way overproduced is selling for money again. It's bizarre. It's very. This whole year is, or I guess, not this, not 2021, but the past 12 months have just been absolutely crazy when it comes. I to... I think by summertime, though, it's gonna, it's gonna switch. You think so? Yeah. Already, the c- cryptocurrency that was going nuts like took a big flop in Wednesday. That, that's true, but <laughs> NFTs are, are hotter than ever. No, but with the cryptocurrency, the NFTs are gonna go to shit. It, it's Let's all gonna so. it's all gonna be like a ripple effect, and then people are gonna start going on vacations, and they're gonna start eating at restaurants, and it's all gonna change. All Movies, yep. Yep. Yeah, you could be right. And then the people will forget about the comics. They'll say, "Well, what? I want to go eat and have beer with, with my buddies." <laughs> I, I'm ready for the bottom to fall out because I don't care about the speculation. I just want to read and collect the books. Oh well, I, I I would like it to go back mm. down to a reasonable, yeah. you know, like something that it was before the last year that everything is going nuts. Mike likes to troll the speculator uh, page on Facebook. I love oh, okay. I love to do it. That 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 weird guy is like. Maxed out on three credit cards already. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> there, there I have was no debate. idea what you guys are talking about now. Listen, the... there, there was a there was a debate. There's a comic book speculation and investing community community page that Mike invited me to, and I I see all their posts. And <laughs> there was a debate today about what's better, CGC or what is it, CBCS? Yeah. And, and Mike wrote that Mylar is better because then you can open. Open it up and read and read the material. <laughs> oh my God! You probably pissed them all off. <laughs> Kick I'll, them out of the group. I'm a tr- I'm a troll on there. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, there's a bunch of weirdos there, man. I swear. Yeah, there, there, there like, are. Like, uh, I, I met most of my like good friends, like you guys, in like forums and Twitter and. But man. I, I could never see myself associating with those dudes, man. They're, <laughs> they're out there. Is this, you see, like, there's, like, they'll submit, like, Mike, I mean, right, right? I mean, you see, like, them getting, like, a huge box back from CGC, yeah. and all it is of, is the same issue of something. Yeah. Every single one is yeah. all 9.8. Every single one. Well, well, well I, the interesting thing about that group is I, I think there's, okay, I think there's 2% that know what they're doing in, in terms of making money. Uh-huh. And, and they don't really share, like, all their, like, n- tidbits until it's too late. And, <laughs> yeah. th- and then they'll share it, and then all these other guys latch on, right? So they share it, and then they have their eBay store and all that stuff. 
and they offload to all these other idiots. Yep. And they're what they're is, like that's, that's how they make threat. their money, so they really know what they're doing. It's it's like people controlling stuff, like smart. It's the same with cryptocurrency. Like somebody that could, uh, Elon Musk could say something about you know a Bitcoin and cause it to drop. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's all it's 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 anybody well, with like. It's not based on anything in reality, like yeah. the, the cryptocurrency. It's not it, – its value isn't because it actually does or produce or uh, – like it, there, there's nothing associated with it. So yeah. as soon as somebody bad about something, it tanks. Well, my brother was like – he man, he was up like at least uh, – like 20 grand like he had like doubled his money in crypto and he doesn't just spend it on one cryptocurrency he like he he has a very diverse portfolio but he said he barely stayed afloat because of what happened on wednesday like it was it was a major it was like a a stock market drop for all cryptocurrency but basically it was from what i understand it was driven by china the government basically demanded that they couldn't that a lot of people like uh stores and storefronts and online services could not uh accept, it? accept cryptocurrency oh, okay. so by doing that you, you know how big china is and how yep. they're big in the cryptocurrency it, it caused a ripple effect and then there's been stuff that like elon musk has been saying and right. like he doesn't accept bitcoin anymore for the tesla and it just it's causing like all these stuff are causing like ripple effects and and because of the covid a lot of like amateurs went into this world Mm -hmm. like my brother's not an amateur he's got people that know what they're doing (laughs) but well it's like people are broke and they got money all at the same time yeah people got a check come in but they may not have a job right this second so they're like well how can i make some quick cash and that's I think a lot of where that Target and Walmart flipping the Pokemon and baseball and and football and ba- uh, basketball cards came yeah, in. Yeah, they were they were threatening employees. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just can't believe it. I mean, it's good for the the comic stores because the Pokemon and sports cars were the Walmarts and Targets were sort of taking some of their business away, and now that it's increasing their business, but. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Like every every collectible right now is just like it, it it's gonna come like it a year from now, like we won't be we'll be able to get some of our back issues. I Well yeah. good, because I missed the last G. I. Joe and apparently it was a first appearance and so I can't find it anywhere under fifteen dollars. You're kidding me. What what was it? Uh Sherlock or something? Like a oh, military yeah, police yeah, yeah, lady. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, do you mean the one that just came out? Yes. Yeah. It's already, already sold out, out, and it's like 15 bucks minimum on eBay. I just, I'm not spending I just pre, that on the I issue. just pre-order them, so I never miss them. Yeah. So. Me too. They just, my, my shipment came yesterday. Finally. Uh, Joe, did you ever get your April shipment? Uh, yeah. It was it was like a week and a half late. Well, I got a, I My DCBS shipment was... Late, late. Like I, I, I almost received yeah, two ship, yeah. two shipments back to back. I received I one shipment one on, and then I'm gonna get another one tomorrow. Yeah, I got one on Thursday, and I got one today. Yeah. Same, so same, I mean, I, just just having to go through those comics, man. I, like this table, I can't even 
fit anything on because there's covered <laughs> with books and huh. comics and I, I I was listening to the 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 geek brunch where you're talking about you had like five om to buy in a box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't it's... I haven't even like got them into the database. Usually I'm on top of it like it but but it it's just too much that happened close to it worked out well. It worked out perfect cuz I was on vacation. So I didn't want a box. I was going to have to put a hold on it anyway. So it worked out well that they didn't ship when they shipped. I didn't have to worry about it. Well, the one nice thing, Rob, when I did send them an email, when I was like, hey, it's been a week and a half and you guys haven't even, or it was actually as close to two weeks as like you hadn't even shipped. They had it out the next day and, the, and they had it to me like really fast. And it, that was the fastest turnaround on an email. And I don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they still like usually it does average four or five days. Uh, it, it, I, I, I think, and this is, I have no idea, but I kind of speculate that depending on what you're, if you, if you're clear as to there's some sort of problem, like with shipping, um, in your, in your subject field, I have a feeling they might actually open those fast. Yeah. <laughs> because like when I had an issue, like they replied back quickly, but if like, it was just something that like my, you know the issue, like that one time, the issue, the back, um, the back cover was literally creased and folded over, yeah. like against the, the the comic book behind it. Um, you know, so I just sent that. I mean, it was like five days later. They, they were fine, and and which is fine. I don't need a quick reply for that. Right. Well, what you need to do then is like shipping hashtag pissed in the subject line. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering, when does this issue come out? <laughs> By the way, can I get a refund on this wrinkle? And then like, got me again. Yep. Yeah, Kristen not said I was just on their bad list and that they pushed me to the bottom because I would aggravate them so much in the old days. <laughs> well, I, I do think I've Joe and I have joked about that that we're at the bottom of the list and Mike's at the top. And we we want to get Mike to put in a word for us sometimes. Like, hey, can you um like call Christina and see if you can get our box shipped out this week and <laughs> make sure they don't fold anything in the box or anything. She she answers personally him within an hour. Yeah, he's got her <laughs> cell phone number. <laughs> he doesn't have to send to the customer service email. He's got he's got her cell number. It goes straight to the lunar desk. And if Christina doesn't respond within an hour, he's got Cameron on the line. <laughs> oh, man. He's down in Memphis, isn't he? You know what I was just thinking? If, if God forbid, DCBS actually you know, was a publicly traded company, I mean, if Mike ever left them, their stock would plummet. It would drop. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would drop, drop like a stone in the lake. <laughs> I, I get a lot. I don't know. There there could be a lot of other people, though, that, like, get a lot of the same, like, speculators and stuff. Like, I ordered 100 copies of this issue or something. Yeah. Like, I well, order. Sure I, I order large customers, but I bet you're in the top percentage. You're like you're like what Joe Biden likes to call the one percenters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, pro I'm probably in the one percenters as, as far as, like, uh, diversity of titles. Like, just get a bunch of them. I think you're right up at the top for a person who just is collecting for the the love of reading all of these stories. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious because I it's always my belief that there's always somebody 
that has more. Like, yeah, I always know that. Like, I, I belong. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I really like Facebook groups. Like, I have fun on that. And then there's like the golden age, and there's, there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like knowledgeable stuff. Like even Andrew Peepoy's page. Like, I'll, he always posts good stuff. Yeah, but, he posts. Like, retro yeah, stuff. yeah. There's a lot of. uh cool shit like andrew peepoy today posted like an article that he was in like uh, uh one of those comic magazines comic book uh, marketplace or whatever the heck it was where he posted like the top of his 10 covers and stuff so he oh, posted that ar- article that. yeah oh. but like there there's a lot of good stuff on facebook and the thing i like about facebook the, the my main thing that i love about facebook is it's a history for me so every day i get to see what i've done over the last few years like pictures i've taken what i was reading and i I see like these weird trends like man i'm reading batman on the same week where i just went batman nuts and then i'll have like a jonah hex week and it's the same things happening again it's like the, the the sun is aligned or something and i have these patterns and it's weird to pattern predict with me because I just go on these like weird mood swings. Like that's yeah, why I don't that's why I don't stay focused. Like if I stayed focused my cap run would be done. I I just uh like I bought two amazing Spider-Man issues from Aaron just today. I saw uh, your claim on that one I don't remember which Yeah, one. the claim on the Craven the Craven the Hunter. Yeah, yeah it was like 40 or something like that. And then I got the the first Mary Jane from him and then I got the issue after that. Nice. Uh, so I've been getting a lot of Spider-Man lately, and and then in the Invincible cartoon, has, God, that was so good. Oh, you know what? I placed an order um, whenever it was a week or so ago um, in Sadak Trades. They find because I have the uh, Invincible Ultimate Collection Volume One. Yeah. And they finally got some uh, a restock of some of the later volumes, so I got two and three. Of the Ultimate Collection, which is that yeah. one? It, it's it's a kind of an oversized um, hardcovers. And oh, they, I they I get those. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been getting so those too. So it's like too. three trades. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the uh, yeah, Walking, Walking Dead, Dead Deluxe. The Walking Dead Deluxe hardcover. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was I, I wasn't I like sure if you were talking book. about those real thick phone book ones. Oh no. Mm-mm. But you know what's funny is I read the first volume like when I bought it, the the Ultimate Collection. And I didn't really care for it that much. I put it away, never thought about it again, and then watched the Amazon um, show, you know, over the past few few weeks and absolutely loved it. I'm like, I'm re- rereading this and, and going to keep going because <laughs> I think my one of the that. best uh, cartoons that I've ever seen mm-hmm, in terms of voice acting and in terms of like just brutal bloodshed i mean it's just oh yeah it's gory my god that first episode even though i knew what happened because i had read that first collection yeah it still took me by surprise how graphic it it was animated like that yeah yeah i love the fact they got jk simmons basically playing what a cross between superman and uh j jonah jameson (laughs) would look like yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah yep. so i i like go on tangents like that a, a lot 
I just like I, I was listening to. I wanted to read a lot of Karate Kid because Rob Rob Liefeld was talking about it. Speaking of Rob, but he was talking about like karate books, like uh, Masters of Kung Fu, and I, I read a lot of Shang Chi on my vacation. Um, like I think Kirk commented on the Shang Chi versus the Man Thing, you know, like when he was trying to kick Man Thing and his whole leg was in there. <laughs> Well, that was my first issue, and it was coverless, and it was missing the, the first outer pages. So I had no clue what this comic was. I didn't know who Man-Thing was. Yeah. I didn't know who the Master of Kung Fu was. It just had this guy doing Kung Fu at a swamp monster and, and getting hung up when he kicked him and stuff. And I thought it was incredible, and I was like, what is this? You know, I was, you know, seven years old or whatever, and like, what is this comic? Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been reading a lot of that, and I wanted to start reading the Karate Kid, like solo series, because I have I never that. Got I into have that to, one. I, I like the Richard Dragon it. Kung Fu Fighter better. Yeah, I have I have Kid. all those, and that that's a big book because that's the first appearance of Bronze Tiger and Lady Shiva, and I don't know if a lot of people yeah. realize that, but it was uh that came from a novel, so. Um, that he got was... name dropped in that Robin number one too when they were doing that kind of like Mortal Kombat Island thing. He did, yeah. didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Um, I got that, you, Mike. I think you bought it too. That collection, the hardcover collection for Richard Dragon. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. That one, I I'm amazed that they do stuff like that, especially DC. Like Marvel, I could see. Yeah. But it, it surprises me when, you know, DC will put out like that Jonah Hex or. Or uh, that that war one, or you know, obscure obscure stuff. Because I oh. I know the market on those characters are like people don't even know this stuff. They don't know what they're missing, but it, it's gold. But that they're not big sellers. Oh, you can't imagine they're making a ton of money on. Yeah, them. it's very uh, niche. Mm-hmm. And well, like it's uh, a self-serving market. Everybody knows Batman, so they make more Batman. And the market, the the average reader is probably a lot younger now, whereas well, there's a, still this group like us that are forty something grown men going, I miss my Jonah Hex <laughs> or Scalp Hunter, right? Yeah, I hear you that Scalp no Hunter podcast is coming soon. I can't it's gonna wait. Be I can't wait. Let us know when we can subscribe <laughs> to that, Joe. Yeah. Joe and I are excited. I, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Let's do this, Joe! <laughs> Joe, you were asking all about it, about setting it up and what the fees are. No, the kiddo is really getting into comics now, and um, I'm, I'm planning on doing something with him. And it's, That's it's, awesome. It's probably going to be more indie-based because he's into, like, Scott Pilgrim. And How old is he? He's 13. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, he's reading like through Invincible and Watchmen and Kick-Ass and um, whatever you do, try to keep dread. try to keep it so you don't box yourself into a corner. Oh that's no, my, it's gonna be that, a really that, that's loose my format. that's my that's my recommendation. Like, yeah, yeah, it's my, gonna be all, a loose po- format. It's literally podcasts, gonna be about what are you reading right now? And yeah, we'll all my talk podcasts about what that have ever succeeded and kept any kind of length have you. I don't box myself in a corner. Yeah. Because yeah. as you as you change and your moods change and stuff like that, y- you want to be able to, to to change with it. 
Well, I, I'm sure there's going to be an all manga episode. There's probably going to be an all 2000 AD manga episode. I'm just going to see where our reading habits week to week take us, and that's that's the plan. That's so awesome. The, that's the focus is the focus and selling point is going to be a dad and his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's comics, and that's going to be it. That's that's the format. So yep. And a white man raised with a Native American tribe. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Scalp. You talking about fire hair, right? Yeah. Fire hair can be covered. We can talk about how he might have been like a prototype for Scalp Hunter. That is a good point. We should bring this up on episode three. Oh. <laughs> I have his first appearance. Fire hairs? Yeah. It's in Showcase, nice. right? I think so. Fire hair and then, uh, well, I have, I have Jonah's too. And scalp hunters. I've I've completed all of those. I I still need scalp hunter accidentally, like just like randomly grabbing issues years and years ago. Just happened to be his first appearance. I have the first appearance of cinnamon that way. Yeah, I mean, like in retrospect, like twenty years later, you go back and like, I have that. Right. Like same thing with Shang Chi, um, Mike. Like, I, I just got this. I like. I mean, it's not in good, great shape, but I got a flea market probably for like a dollar. Like, which what did you get? Years. The special edition Shang Chi. Yeah. yeah uh huh. Oh, the first appearance. Yeah. Wow, you got well, it for a it. buck. Yeah, like thirty-five, forty years ago. Oh, okay, Marvel. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a VG shape, I'd say. Well, I got mine before it went like ridiculous. I, I don't, I, I don't remember how it came up. I was posting there. There, I think his name is Chris Jams, or he goes by that on Twitter. Um, KRS Jams. Yeah, KRS Jams. I don't know what I posted, but I said I'm almost getting a full run of Mass, you know, um, Shang Chi, and I needed the first one. And he he had a first one, and he gave me a really good deal on it, so I got it. That was a really good issue too. It's so it's so freaking bizarre. It's like his father sends him to kill an old man in his deathbed, and he does it. Yeah, he I kills him one. in his deathbed, and then almost kills the other old man that plays a part in the series. But <laughs> you know what is really <laughs> weird that you just said that is that. I just finished listening to, I think, the, uh, a Geek Brunch where you were talking to Bill about that. You had yeah. just read it. So, I mean, but this is like because I don't go anywhere, I never listen to podcasts. You're talking about a January episode. <laughs> and the fact that, like, I just listened to that. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, wow, that's kind of weird that you just brought it up now. Yeah, we had a weird thing on Twitter just this last time with uh, Derek Robertson because. We we had an episode, and it was called Space Bastards. It's from um, Humanoids. Humanoids. Of, yeah, Humanoids. It's really a, a very unique series, and you'd be surprised when you read it if if you don't think it's like Garth Ennis because it's so his humor. It's like you, you won't believe it's, it's not him. But uh, we liked the series a lot, and then Bill read the back matter, and Bill, Bill told me, he goes... I don't know if I believe this story or whatever because he says that they met Derek Robertson's because they were in a U- in Utah 
and uh, they got they were hiking and they got lost and they sent for like help and uh, Derek Robertson was was a helicopter pilot and he rescued them and just so coincidentally they needed an artist for Space Bastards (laughs) so he ended up drawing it and Bill was like that's that's strange and I I said something like well why would they write it if it wasn't true or something like that and they took it like another way so it was like they were going back and forth with us about like why did you not think it was true and uh, <laughs> D- Derek Robertson was posting like a bunch of helicopter pics oh my god <laughs> that's yeah. funny yeah <laughs> and imagine how different that book had been if Mike Allred had been the one flying the helicopter that day <laughs> but I didn't even post these guys like I, I didn't even like I never tag creators because I don't know I'm kind of like humble if they find it on their own then let them find it on their own but i don't like to like promote myself i mm-hmm. in that way and i just titled the the title space bastards because i didn't know what else to title it because sure. i i had put this we recorded that episode like a month ago and i forgot to release it and i went on vacation and i forgot everything that we talked about so I was like, I, but I knew the books that we covered because I wrote them down, and then I I put it out, and the, I guess the 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 writers of the books uh, listened to the the episode. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder sometimes too if maybe they have like a a Twitter search that's ongoing for when something of theirs gets promoted, because like today, um, uh, or maybe it was yesterday. One of the days, one of the books I had read was the the mini deaths book by Ram V and um, somebody mentioned how much they like it. And he liked that, uh, that tweet, but it wasn't like Ram was tagged in it anywhere. So I wonder if sometimes I, they have like I that kind of so. stuff on search. Yeah, I think so. Cause I, that's happened to me a couple of times too. Like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like the, one of, one of the people associated with whatever I'm talking about actually likes it or even says thanks or something like that. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. even after our chat, um, <clears throat> Uh, on our our little group there on Twitter, and we were talking about you know they're gonna still publish Mighty Crusaders. I I tweeted Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I, no, I, was, I was like I'm I'm taking my <laughs> chance because I'm gonna be blocked. But I I was being brutally honest. He 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 was angry because he he felt that they put a cover out and it was spoiling the story. Right. And what what I just said I said it's a damn shame that you know you felt that way because. 90% of the people don't even know who the shield is. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even know who this character is. So they wouldn't know what the hell is happening on the cover. And you would have grown, you would have gained your readership. The people that adore your art would, would flock to this and maybe be interested in these characters again. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, it's like a missed, missed opportunity. So ninety percent are buying for Liefeld, not because they know who the Shield is. Exactly. So I'm like, I could I could see if he was doing Captain America, and there was a huge spoiler. But nobody reads the Shield. I mean, everybody on this podcast does, okay? But we're we're the exceptions to the rule. Yep. Yeah, that that really disappointed me, especially since it was another artist <coughs> who posted the image. It wasn't wasn't Artie sending out solicitations. With the with that 
cover right. that he got upset right. over. It was yeah. another artist saying, "Hey, I'm working on this." Why blame the, uh, Archie? Like Archie as the as the company. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I would I would like to see what Archie's business profile is right now because can't be good. <clears throat> it, it doesn't look good. They they have the 2.99 book that comes out every every month and that's it. And then there's usually one other book, but it's usually like a one shot or you know like a short a short issue of something like Sabrina or something. But even the Shield one is a, is a one shot. I mean, it's ho- hopefully going to lead up to more. But well, yeah. How many issues did Super Duck do before it died? One. Yeah, but I I don't get it because it seems to me that they have a lot in the Netflix and CW realm that mm-hmm. they're making money. Like Archie's Riverdale's still going on. Like why why wouldn't they have dollars from that? Yeah. Right. You know, and and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and then you had the other one, the the fashion show. What what is her name? Katie Keene. Katie, Katie, Katie Keene. Yeah. That so, got so, canceled, right? Well, they had three shows. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I've never no, I never saw it either. I just heard. Well, Katie Keene showed up in Riverdale, so I think they spun her off of Riverdale. I never mm-hmm. seen a Katie Keene, but I've seen, I've seen most of Riverdale. Me and Barb watched the majority of it. We're we're one no. season behind. But, but it just that, depends I mean, on the deal they have, because it could be. Some of these deals really generate a lot of money for the comic publishers, and some of them it's just a a slight licensing fee because they're hoping that this will kickstart something else. And if that doesn't come to fruition, they're not seeing a lot of money. And Archie has been in trouble for years. I mean, they've you know back when they they used to have you know Archie's pal Jughead and Archie and Archie and me and Archie at Riverdale High and Archie's. Girls, and Betty, Betty and, and Veronica. Veronica. And Betty and, and each Veronica. One, and then each one, each Betty and Veronica each had their own solo titles. And, yeah. You know, now we're struggling to get one original Archie title a month out. But, but I, but I, I think, I think partially it's because of their management of those titles, because every time they launch, they, they had Afterlife with Archie. That was successful. And then they never finished it. Well, that's because so, he 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 was the showrunner for uh, Riverdale. For Riverdale, I know that, yeah. but they could have easily like got somebody got, else to take over. Well, he could have even plotted it, and then mm-hmm. and then give it to somebody else to script it, right? Yeah, it yeah. was amazingly successful. Yeah, so, and they, yeah. they've had they've well, had so with Sabrina so initially so for whatever five issues. Yep. But yeah. they launched the the Black Circle or whatever it was. And they never finished. Like I mean, those series were like six months apart. Like it. it oh, talking the hood and the stuff shield. Like that. Yeah, the hood was the only one that was sort of regular. Yeah, that, that, that one and the fox. Yeah, those yeah, were the only. Those were the only ones that were sort of like. Was that Dean Haspel on the fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was a good one. Yeah. So, but but like, how could you get a fan like? a following if you don't put the books out especially if people are on fixed comic budgets because you have the squirrel thing every month like for people that i mean there are people like uh i collect superman and they're going to get superman regardless of what changes yeah but there are there are people that have like 
I could spend $60 a month on comics and they see Squirrel. Well, then they, they let's say they were getting the Fox and it didn't come out. Well, they could easily jump ship and move to something else and they forgot about the Fox by the time it comes out. And there's people who don't read previews like we do either. You know, there's I people that literally just go to the comic store every Wednesday and say, what's out? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the way at least half the market is because half the people I follow on Twitter are like, hey, this is my new comic book day haul. I didn't know this was coming out. Look at this. This is so cool. And I'm like, I pre-ordered that three months ago. I don't know how you didn't know about it. Yeah. 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 Even Archie Proper book hasn't been out since like, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe six months. Yeah, pre-COVID probably. I can't remember the last arc because it was Sabrina, then Katie Keene, and then disappeared, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They finished the Archie and Katie Keene arc. And and I hadn't seen it since. Yeah, I wish somebody would like, I mean, they're they're always talking about DC, like DC's hurting. I think DC's writing some dang good stories right now. But uh, they're always talking about like, well, somebody should just buy the rights and just, kind of like rent or lease their characters and let them do comics about them. Well, in Archie's case, I I think if somebody was interested, they could take advantage of that because right now, 90% of what they put in previews is reprints and digests in, in collected editions of stuff that's already been published. Yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, I don't know who would be able to do like, I mean, it'd have to be somebody like IDW that would be interested in like yeah. Archie proper, but like the adventure books, I mean, DC has had some success with it in the past. Maybe not so much the last mighty crusaders run, which I thought was actually really good where they kind of integrated it, but yeah, well, they, they, they integrated it with DC. That right. was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that impact line was awesome. Like, I, it was, it was it, about the early nineties stuff. Yeah. 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 I loved that. The Fly yeah, and the stuff. Hood were, like, two of my favorites. Yeah, that's one universe I collected in its entirety because I just loved it. Yeah, it was going to be, like, I'll buy the first issue of all of them, and then I'll probably only buy The Shield or something. And I think I ended up following all of them except maybe The Web from the first yeah, the issue web was to my the least end. Favorite. The, web was like, the Web was like a checkmate kind of thing. It yeah, was checkmate, like a shield kind of thing. Shield thing, yeah. yeah. But uh, Jaguar was good. Comet was really good. But, man, the Parabek uh, Fly. And I don't remember who did the hood, but I, that was my absolute favorite. And it, like, the, changed. The hood, the hood was my favorite, too. Yeah, it, like, I changed think that was characters. Rick yeah, it was good. Yeah. That was good stuff. Yeah, that one really caught me by surprise, That how much I liked it, you know, 30 years ago. That. <laughs> Well, yeah, spoilers, like I said, they killed off the the guy, like, midstream and had a brand new character, you know. And I had the hood, if I remember it right. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I only remember that I really enjoyed the line, except for I, I don't remember really caring for the web. I think I picked him up out of, like, bargain bins, but I didn't, I didn't buy it every month, but I bought all the others every month. I like the art in the web and I like the concept, but it was probably my least favorite to read. 
the thing that is so crazy to me is all those books that got canceled. If you go back and try to get those issues now, they are really expensive, and they have been for a while, even before the speculators took over. Um, like those last Betty and Veronica's and those last regular Archies. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, Betty yeah, and Veronica's. Especially, especially over some the... of those variant covers they had at the end. Yeah, those those are crazy. And I'm just thinking, if you guys had just bought it every month, you know, <laughs> spent like the, the, the $3, that thing could have kept going forever. Yeah, at the time, I was getting my pre-orders through Westfield Comics, and they just had an Archie bundle where you got one copy of every one of the regular Archie titles. Right. And I would just have that in my cart almost every month. And so a lot of those I have, and I'm like, wow, that, that Peepoy variant is now $50 comic? Okay. Yeah. I was, those... I was getting all the Peepoy variants. Yeah, those, 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 like those uh, fairy tale issues and stuff, those, those ended up being really pricey. Yeah, I collected Archie pretty hardcore for the last, I don't know, 20 years. If they put something out, I, I'd get it. And I, I w- I'll tell you now, though, like if I look at it, Archie, when it became like more serious, mm-hmm. I prefer the old stuff. <laughs> I, oh, I, me too. I, I, I don't know. It's like an escapism from all the other comics. <sighs> And then, I, then it then it became more like the other comics, and I'm like, okay, I already have all that. I don't that think I drama. agree with you, but I think the Mark Wade run when they revamped the the way that he, you know, the, with the more well, realistic. That's how, that's how you get the. That's how you get more people in the comic book. I, I well, I thought they did a, an amazing job making it a compelling story. Yeah. Um, but I kind of lost interest. Honestly, it became a lot yeah. like, Getting a lot of feedback. Are you guys hearing that? I'm hearing that. I didn't know what it was. Somebody move? I think that part under the table chewing on your cables, Mike. That's, I don't think it's me. I, I mean, we could, like, rule it out by going mute, but... Well, I'll mute just in case, but I don't... I, but I haven't moved. It got quiet. Oh, that's Joe. Yeah. Joe, you bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't moving. Maybe it's the fan in the room. It's really hard. Bad hot boys for life. I bet, <laughs> yeah. I bet you anything, it's the fan. Yeah. It just sounded like somebody's beard was rubbing against the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. <laughs> it's Joe's COVID beard and hanging down to his belly button and it gets rubbed on the microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the temperature out there right now? 80? Yeah, it's in the 80s, but it's like 77 in the house. Uh, Good night. I'd fall over dead. <laughs> Open my a wife, window. We were painting my mother-in-law's house today, and my wife turned on the air conditioning for me because I told her I wasn't going to make it <laughs> without some air conditioning. <laughs> I can I can handle cold. I can't handle hot. <laughs> Well, I just don't co- like the human. If if that's what gets on me. Wow. The swarm of bees that are attacking him. <laughs> <laughs> that is loud. Joe, you- run as fast as you can. Don't want to, I, hope he's, I hope he's not allergic to those bees. <laughs> when we were in, um, when I went on that business trip to uh, California, 
we went hiking at the Roy Rogers like park. It had mm. a lot of trails and stuff. And there was one trail, man, that was closed off, but we went near the base of the trail and it sounded like Joe's fan. Like it, we were oh. like, what the, what the oh. heck is that? We better not go in there because that sounded like there were thousands and thousands of bees. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that movie swarm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't want to mess with that. We just need Joe to start shredding clothes so it'll sound okay. Turn the <laughs> fan off and just take the clothes off. We're gonna get an R rating. Naked Joe time. <laughs> <laughs> good 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 thing we're not a uh, video. That's Joe's new podcast after he does the one with his son. Is Naked Joe comic Naked time. Joe comic time. <laughs> Are you hot? And then you have we to might t- finally get some female listeners. <laughs> so, uh, who's going to the Comic Con with you? Just yourself? Oh yeah. I'm you couldn't that. get you couldn't get Ivy to go. I didn't even. I didn't even I, think Chris, him. Chris, I don't think he'd be interested. Chris doesn't buy him anymore. He doesn't buy him anymore, but also I'm not sure. That I think he's a hundred percent library. About going and... to a, uh, to a, even even though he's fully vaccinated and all that, I don't know if he's yeah. thrilled about going to a uh, you know an event with a bunch of other people. Although they are requiring masks as well, which they've they've dropped that requirement uh, in the state, but of course each you know business and stuff yeah they're they're talk. dropping it here but the bad side is and and especially where i live mm-hmm. is uh the vaccination percentage is really low like and people aren't getting vaccinated it's like 38 38 yeah well I, i'm gonna i'm really gonna continue there? to wear a mask until probably the dawn of time i, I feel like batman anyway so <laughs> Or more like the question. <laughs> yeah. My thing is that I think that if I took a poll, at least in our local area, I think that you would find a higher percentage of people that are fully vaccinated say they are going to continue to wear a mask than the percentage of people that are not vaccinated that said they're, that would say that they're going to wear a mask, even though they're supposed to be required to. There's no way to, to, to tell that. And at least yeah, the, da- the downside about opening it up is the people that are not going to wear the masks are the ones that aren't vaccinated. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's exactly what we, what we all said here, too. We're like, yeah, you know, people just for whatever reason, you know, different reasons, people didn't want to get vaccinated. And it's like those uh, typically those are going to be the people that, OK, great. It's over. Don't have to wear masks. Yeah, we're having outbreaks here. Barb um, posted something interesting today. I don't know if you saw it, but she posted on Twitter. She may have just told you about it, but yeah, she told me that, about it. I think yeah, that that, that um, if you take out the people that are vaccinated, the COVID rates for those that aren't vaccinated are as high as they were in January. Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. Nothing's really changed if you haven't gotten vaccinated. It just more people are vaccinated, right? Which is great for anyone that's vaccinated. But otherwise, yeah. it, like I think the impression is is that you know what it's gone away. I haven't gotten vaccinated by now, 
So I guess I'm fine. I probably could skip getting vaccinated. But that's not the case. But that's the downside to it is because that's how variants happen. Well, the more people that get it, yeah. Yeah, because the the more people that get it, it morphs inside the body of the person that gets it. And then it's possible that it will it will make the the vaccine not effective, right? Yeah. Well, it's potential. I mean, they're talking about booster shots now, but uh, yeah, we'll see yeah. how we'll see how that goes. Like India's was a hot mess. I don't know if they're getting any better, but it, it's scary out there. Yeah. But anyway, let's 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 uh <laughs> let's uh talk some comics. Good. Who wants to go first? I don't think Joe does. <laughs> Joe Thank doesn't. You, Joe, are you there? Joe wants nope. the fan. He he's like, I'll prefer not to talk because I it's so damn hot in here. He's on mute. Put himself on mute. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get stuff fixed. Is that any better? Yeah, that's yeah. much better. Okay, I changed headphones and turned everything off in the room so i was hoping maybe that fixed it because that those headphones i had were being real janky oh okay so, you might have been anyway. getting like feedback from the fan or something no because the fan's still on um, okay yeah because it's just it's just a ceiling fan that's why i didn't know what y'all were hearing because i couldn't hear it but oh wow yeah no it was it loud it's like not a, a small fan right next to your microphone oh no 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 it's just a ceiling <laughs> fan but uh, like I said, I turned off everything in the room and trying to figure out what it could have been. And I, uh, then I changed my headphones because they kept popping out and doing some weird things. So I thought maybe that was it. No, you're you're clear as a whistle now. Cool, cool. Whatever you I'll did, go first uh, then. Fixed it. All right. Good. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So do we want to do a fun part first, or do we want to do the book first? The fun, naked fun, fun time naked fun time <laughs> all right so we're doing unexpected number 218 uh from january 1982 titled alligator Alley. it was a uh, 60 cents and at that point it appears that unexpected was one of the few genre books actually left because when you get to the letters page i mean it's got letters for witches it's got letters for ghosts um there's even a letter that I'm going to ask you guys, uh, see if you can answer all the questions in it for him. Sure. So, dear editor, I would appreciate it if you would tell me what the jobs of each of the haunted tank crew are. So, what was Jeb's job? Did he drive it? I think he was the navigator. Rob. No, he was the guy at the come out the top. He was the one that told him where to go. The... Oh. I'm sorry, Kirk. He was the medium who spoke to the ghost. But what's his official job on the tank? <laughs> no, I He's think the he, top he, kick. he. That's right. All right. So who was the what? driver? What was the answer? The top He's kick. He's the top kick. He's he's the officer in charge. He's Lieutenant Jeb Stewart. Okay. All so right, he's, guy, so he doesn't have any job to do. He's the no, one. He, he's he's the, the, the one that directs saying, the, the orders to, to everything. Go to the right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fire. All right. <laughs> he's the so captain of the ship. He's Kirk. So who's the driver? You you want me to go or you? Let's hear Rob. Rob, who is? I, I, it? I, I, I don't I, I don't know the names of any of the other characters. Oh man, okay. Yeah. Maybe I should have said the character's name and then I'll say what's their job. I'll do that for the rest. Okay, <laughs> Kirk, who's the driver? 
was it slim slim is the driver correct all right rick is the gunner the, the loader nope he's the he's the gunner and so <laughs> by default what does gus do then mike he, he prays the, for the tank he's the loader <laughs> he's the loader <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So that's telling you this 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 comic at this point was pretty much the magazine to cover. What, like, what issue was it? This was um, January nineteen eighty two, number two eighteen, and literally it got it got letters from uh, Ghost, Haunted House, The Unexpected, Witches, and apparently it covered Haunted Tank Crew, uh, the Haunted Tank Crew as well in the letters page, which I thought was really weird. Yeah, I think by then the only other um, horror comic still being published besides that was probably House of Mystery, I'm guessing, although I didn't look it up. What was that one with uh, Mr. E at the end, like Secrets of Haunted House or something? That was, yeah, that was Secrets, yep. That that ran kind of late. I'm going to look at House of Mystery to see how far that went. That, so that ended, that ended in like 83. 83. That actually outlasted Unexpected by maybe a year. All right. So if you happen to see my post the other day, uh, don't cheat. Uh, but I'm going to read you a letter, and this is from a famous comics creator. And at the end, I'll see who can get see if anybody can guess who it is, and I, I'll give a clue if need be. So this is the letter from uh, to the editor. First off, let me say that I am sorry to see Mr. Harris leave his post as editor. Over the years, I felt as I have come to know the man through his work. I can only wish him the best in the future. My favorite story in this month's issue was Food for Naught. Even though it was only three pages long, the final panel alone was worth the price of the book. Now let's see if you can top it. What famous creator who worked for DC, Marvel, and Image wrote that letter? Well, I, I saw you mention the creator, Todd so I, I'll have to abstain. Yep, it was Todd McFarlane. Really? <laughs> yep. that, was just, that was just a shot in the dark. Yep, from Calgary, Alberta, 2476 Capitol Hill, like back in the days when you would actually put your address. I'm surprised I if we can that go to our that address and meet to the Todd father's father. Right. I'm surprised our database doesn't have that, Rob, because we, you know how it has yep. the LOC yep. on there yeah, for, I, I for like letters, like, like it have like each issue and who who is famous that put in uh, so th that's in 218. 218. Yep. I need to get this book. I, oh, it's a, got a great cover. It's Ernie Colon uh, and yeah. it's uh, Dick Giordano inking. And I mean, it's it's great. It's got an alligator with a damsel in distress. It's, it's a really good one. Oh, I got to get it for McFarlane. I mean, that's my obsession. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I really miss Host. And it was this is an interesting one because the very first thing, the splash page, once you get into it, it's it's got Johnny Peril, which I didn't even know him. I had to look him up in Who's Who. Um Madam Xanadu, Abel and the Witches, and each one of them gets a story. And that's, once again, what I was saying about the fact that, like, uh, the genre books seem to be really melding, because this basically has a war story, a sci-fi story, and it's got horror stories. I mean, it basically has everything. And and you'll find out at the end, it even has some funny, funny animal stuff. So it has basically everything except romance. But uh, the uh, Johnny Peril story, which is your war story, is kind of a three-pager. It's uh, the 17-minute war, and it's about the capture of Santa Ana. And uh, basically, he is captured, and he asks his uh, the guy who captured him, said, okay, how did you catch me? And he said, well, the first thing you did wrong was you killed Colonel Travis, and the second thing you did wrong is you attacked the Alamo. 
So after that, we trailed you for nonstop for three weeks. And at 3.30, we decided that we were going to wait a little while after we had found you before we attacked. And apparently that was a wise decision because Santa Ana was quickly beaten at 4 o'clock. And then in the final panel, the, the reason why he was caught was because he was taking a siesta and 4 o'clock was his siesta time. So weird little three-pager uh, war story at the very beginning of the the, the unexpected. What's more so interesting the ne- is the year he came out, 1947. Oh, Johnny Peril? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I say, it's just a weird little three-pager with like one of those boom boom, you know, last panels. Well, I, I didn't know that. I was going to be like, maybe I should seek out this guy's first appearance. And I was like, oh, I got to be buying comics <laughs> cavalcade number 19. <laughs> um, and the next one, then we get a sci-fi story, which was the, the man, um, the Madam Xanadu story. I'll remember so wasn't, you yesterday. Wait, wait, before you go into that, wasn't, uh, yeah. what is it? The space, uh, book that was coming out. Strange Adventures. No, Mystery in Space was a book around this time. So they they was that canceled by the time this book came out in nineteen eighty? Yeah. Well they they came back though. Mystery in Space had a late run. I'm looking I'm looking it up for you. Nineteen eighty one. Okay. Okay, so it's close. It's a year later. Yep. Yeah, because like I say, every every type of story just about's in this thing. It's it's really weird. It's it, it's a big mishmash. Um, that makes it yes. more appealing to me, though. Oh yeah, I thought it was Be- very because, cool because it, it's yeah. like it's like when things were sort of this genres were dying, right? And it well, was it, like, it, and I would imagine that they probably had all these different stories. inventory it's stories. Not, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. well, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> kind yeah, of like got that. A three-pager about Santa Ana. Where the heck are you going to publish that? Because right. of the uh, ambush bug, like the current one they're putting out. So I started reading that. I, I got to read that. It's good. The bat, I mean, they're, 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 there's some that are, you can kind of tell, like, there wasn't a lot of thought behind it. But there are, like, two or three that, like, I think are exceptional. The Batman one being the best. The Nightwing one's pretty good. But but that is uh, inventory stories that probably would have showed up in an annual or whatever. And having Ambush Bug as the the host is is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I miss host. I think that's one thing that you know we they we've tried to have the horror anthologies come back many times, and 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 that's the one thing I really wish they'd have. That's that's the cool thing about that. Uh, was it from Ahoy Edgar Allan? pose a snifter yeah that's that makes that really cool because you know he kind of does his little his little intro to each one well the ones like, from uh warrant magazine they have hosts that's too. true yeah. yeah but our sci-fi story i'll remember you yesterday so uh there's a bunch of grotesque aliens surrounding a human but there can't be any humans because they're all dead right well this human's actually from 1983 so the aliens are trying to capture him, but he gets away, and he heads back to this cave, and that was how he had originally traveled to the 22nd century. But when he gets there, he sees this kind of memorial, and it says it was a monument to, and I'm going to mangle this, the Jibwa pioneers. Uh, and he's like, well, what is this? But the aliens are hot on his tail, so he jumps into the portal. He wakes up in 1980, uh, 1993, 
and the scientists are asking him what happened and he tells them and they're like no there's no way that there's a planet earth with no uh humans left and all aliens but uh no matter what he does to try to describe it they don't believe him they think he was just dreaming so he remembers that name Djibwa or however you say it and he looks it up and it's uh, it's a place in Peru so he decides to head there and of course when he gets there there's a bunch of aliens kind of milling around so this is like where the aliens that are going to take over the earth started at so he decides he's going to have to take action well back where the experiment was being done our scientists said well listen to a different group that you know can check out the future and see what's actually going on and not come back with some cockamamie story about aliens. Well, while they're getting ready to go to the future, we go back to the guy in Peru and he like goes John Wayne and starts shooting up the joint and causes an avalanche and he kills all these aliens. So right after that, we see the time travelers arriving in the future in the 22nd century. And obviously he was dreaming because once he gets there, there's only humans. So, of course, he made it full circle and changed the fact that there was going to be an alien invasion. So, once again, kind of like one of those... A lot of these stories, it's like they have that little one-panel, like, badoom. Yep. Thing at the end. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the next one we got is Alligator Alley, and it's going to have another one of those fun endings. So, it's a tribe in Florida, and... It, Florida is, and I'm assuming the U.S. has gone through some kind of apocalyptic kind of thing because there's smoke and fire everywhere. And there was apparently like an old legend like this tribe had that they the only way they would survive the future is to swim with the alligators. So we're down to just a handful of people uh, and they go swimming with the alligators to try to escape. They end up in this cavern and they find this white lady and her name is Amanda and she says, follow me, I'll take you to where you need to go. And, of course, one by one, things start to happen. There's, like, you guys remember in, uh, is it Flash Gordon, where there's, like, the tree where you have to put your fist in it? <laughs> of course. I, I okay. love that scene. That's like putting my hand in Barb's purse. I always make fun of it. <laughs> so imagine there was, like, a whole wall of that, because there's these weird knot holes, and one of the guys leans in and is like, who was this? And, of course, like a giant snake jumps out and bites his face off and, and kills him. <laughs> well, then they get in the canoe and they start – they're still following this white lady, Amanda. And this giant mosquito that's like half the size of a human uh, kills another one. And by the time they finally get to their destination, there's only one guy left. And there's this giant alligator man, and he's sitting on a throne. And there's this woman in front of him, and she's just kind of scaly. She's not like full alligator, but you can obviously tell that like she's on her way to become one. So uh, Amanda says, this is where you were supposed to come. Come see his, the alligator god. And the survivor says, heck no. And he gets scared, and he runs off. Uh, and the alligator says to Amanda, everything's going to be fine. The prophecy is going to be fulfilled. And the last panel is our survivor, and he's looking at himself. And once the dadum, of course, he's starting to grow scales. So whatever was going on with this tribe, the idea is once they reached this place, they would turn into alligator people. So uh, that's the next to last story. And our very last story, which is probably is my favorite one, because I enjoyed the whole book, uh, but... This one had the most plot to it, uh, and that one's called Mask of Medusa. Uh, there's a woman named Rona, and uh, she's out treasure hunting off a sunken ship with some friends. 
Well, she jumps in uh, to to scuba dive and look into this uh, sunken boat, and she's almost killed by a shark. And this blonde guy comes and rescues her, and he says, you know, uh, I'm also kind of exploring around this area. You know, now that you're okay, you could you should come see me sometime. And he tells her where he's located. Well, Rona rejoins uh, her boat's crew and asks about him, and um, they, they don't know what she's talking about. But uh, they're going to have a scavenger hunt the next day. Well, while everybody goes off the next day on the scavenger hunt, Rona decides to go visit this blonde guy. And when she gets there, he gives her what uh, he tells her is the Mask of Medusa. And I won't go into it, but there's like a couple of pages uh, retelling the story of Medusa and, you know, about Perseus. I mean, all of us have seen Clash of the Titans, so we know this. You look at the reflection, yada, yada, turn to stone. So um, she takes this and she's going to use it on the scavenger hunt. So she goes back to the boat and she meets up with her uh, crew and uh, they're like, OK, what would you find on the, the, uh, the scavenger hunt? And what would you find on the scavenger hunt? So for her... She's the next to last person. She puts on the mask and she says, oh, look, I found a Medusa mask. They don't turn to stone, but the person who goes last says, look, I found a mirror and holds up a mirror. And when he holds up the mirror, not only do you see her reflected in it, but you also actually see the figure of Medusa standing behind her. And right when she sees this, she hits a bump or rather the boat hits a bump and she goes flying out of the boat into the water. And you see her, as a stone statue, and you see kind of like this Medusa figure floating away with the the stone mask. Mm. So, and that's your final story. But that's not all. Nope. We also have this really weird thing, and maybe you guys will remember this. Maybe he was a side character in The Witches. I don't remember that series well enough. But was there a funny animal cat named Snyder in any of these series that anybody remembers? Doesn't sound familiar to me. Okay, well, there's I didn't a one read witches, so I didn't either. Um, so there was a one pager, and this guy looks exactly like uh, Tom the cat from Tom and Jerry, except he's black. Um, and he wakes up in his bed. Meow! Good grief! What a nightmare! <laughs> they even haunt me, even in my sleep. Ah, uh, a late night repast ought to calm my jangled nerves. When the gendarmes realize their error and release me from jail in Tampa, I move back here to take over where the witches left off. You know, the same shtick, but with a novelty old twisting of my own. But before I settled in, these moldy relics from the past have interfered in my squeaking plans by interrupting my catnap. And if my rider doesn't ease up, I'm going to be squeezed out of this panel. Pop. And right onto center stage where I belong, because I'm the star of this magazine. Do all of the mysterious, mysterious disappearances frighten me? Ha! It's the laugh. At last, my own magazine, I'm Urk! And then he gets pulled off with a hook, kind of like uh, <laughs> Showtime at the Apollo always did. <laughs> and that's how the magazine ends. It's really weird. You go from these serious stories to, like, literally a Tom and Jerry kind of character making uh, his shtick about how he's going to be the new host of the magazine. So <laughs> you literally had everything in this this comic with the exception of romance. So it was pretty weird, but pretty cool. I would recommend if you find it, picking it up. It's one I got for two bucks when we were on our trip in Peoria. So That's pretty cool. it was a fun one. Nice. I like that. I can go next. 
Uh, let me get my uh, iPad out because I read it on the app today. I want the McFarlane letter. <laughs> <laughs> the original you know he part. wrote a lot of letters. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, Mike, I wish I'd known you wanted a copy because there was two of them. There was, ah. a, there was there was a VG, which was like the two bucks that I got. And then there was like one that was a little better shape for five. I would have grabbed it for you if I'd known you were going to be so yeah. interested. Well, I'm going to grab it for sure. Yeah. But uh, I've been Mike poking around. Mike is filling around. out his comic order right as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I already added it to my comic shop. But uh, – <laughs> I uh, I was trying to recently get like uh some early Silvestri stuff, and I didn't realize that Mark Silvestri did a lot of like one issues for like Ghosts and House of Mystery and all that stuff. So I have those on my shopping cart too because I had no idea that either. Yeah, yeah I'm. It's I'm easy to forget this. Mark had been like around a long time, yeah. even by the time those image guys were coming in. Yeah, yeah. him and Valentino were like seasoned pros compared yeah. to the others right yeah interesting all right well um i'm i'm a little bit more uh moving a little bit closer to present than uh than joe's but you know not not a huge amount um but it is a different type of a a comic i'm going to be uh talking about planetary number one not planet terry but planetary number one I like Planet Planet Terry better, though I think. Yeah. Do that one instead. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't read that one today. This is the Star Comic Special. You just want to hurt bringing, me, don't you, Rob? Yeah, you, you, he was gonna do Planet Terry, and you could do Top Dog. <laughs> I'll take Heath Cliff. So this one is uh, from 1999, and uh, written by Warren Ellis and. Drawn by John Cassidy. So, uh, is this something you guys... that you just bought recently, or what? What? Oh, what well, is the history well, of this? I was looking through the app and just trying to find something. Oh, you were reading like, digitally. Is gotcha. this the first time read, or have you read this before? I have the whole series. I've, I've I read this when it came out, but I haven't read it really since. It since came it out. came out. Yeah. I don't have Planetary, believe it or not. No, it, I thought it was very. Interesting. Um, this has the dr- war- drummer. I mean, and... Definitely a Warren Ellis book. For I have sure. the toys. <laughs> it's uh, it's cool. I mean, you know, it kind of gets ideas from you know authority and stuff like that without it being directly tied into it. But uh, it starts out just in the middle of nowhere. Out, in, I don't know, in South. Probably the Southwest uh, got some uh, just a diner out in the desert somewhere, and this guy's just drinking uh, coffee at the diner. And woman comes in and is looking for him. Um, he uh, seems to be uh, kind of a special uh, person. <clears throat> Apparently, at this point, he's uh, about a hundred years old, but he doesn't he doesn't look old. Um, she approaches him, and his name's Elijah Snow. And her name is uh, Jaquita Wagner. Um, he, uh, she wants uh, him to join an organization called Planetary. Um, basically, he's been doing nothing for the uh, past couple of um, decades. 
and uh, they want his expertise uh, and are willing to pay for it. Um, basically, it, as long as he's employed with them, it's a million dollars a year. Um, so they, he, he reluctantly agrees and uh, walks out, and there's a helicopter waiting for them. Um, they get him cleaned up. They go to the planetary headquarters and said, okay, you know, we've got our, we've got our first job. And she starts to explain a little bit about planetary, that it's always a three person, um, uh, basically a three person team. Um, there's a, another person called the fourth man who basically he funds the entire organization, no questions asked, but nobody like, uh, has has seen him. They don't know what his real name is. He's just called the fourth man. Um, so Elijah Snow, you know, says, okay, like if you're having me join, who is the last third man? And she refuses to say anything. Um, they end, they they get down uh, to another level of the building and they meet the third person um, on their team called the drummer. And uh, he can basically talk to machines and get them to do what he wants them to do. They're, they start learning about their mission. They have to go out to the Adirondacks. And apparently, as they were, as the, the government is planning to put a tunnel or a road or something through the actual mountains, um, they did some uh, thermal scan, scanning and found what looks like a mad, man-made um, com- complex but even though the scan shows that there's an entrance, they can't seem to actually see an entrance anywhere. Um, so what Planetary has determined is that it's masked by a hologram, and now they are interested in uh, checking this out because this was the last known destination of a guy back in the 40s called Doc Brass. Um, think um, Doc Savage from the Pulps. He looks a lot like him. Um, so apparently uh, the KGB had gotten a hold of Doc Brass's diaries. Um, they ended up being uh, stolen back. And uh, this is where it seemed like the, his location just ended. And this was back in 1945. Uh, he had uh joined an organization um, back in the 30s and 40s with a lot of other people um, to try to um, do things for the benefit of the of the world, I guess you would say, and uh, pretty much was never heard from again um, after 45. So uh, they get to the Adirondacks. um, The drummer is going to stay on the helicopter that they're flying in. And um, Elijah says, okay, it's time to go. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Jaquita says it's time to go. And you start to get a sense of her. She jumps right out of the helicopter and lands. And you can see actual, like, impact marks on the stone where she landed. So it seems like she's strong and and vulnerable. Uh, Elijah uses the method of taking the actual, um, you know, rope ladder down as he normally would. So nothing has been shown exactly with what his powers are, but they did um, hint at it uh, early in the diner saying when the waitress complained that whenever he walks in, the air conditioner always goes on the fritz. 
So uh, they find where the hologram is masking the entrance. Uh, they go in and they see all of these weird artifacts, uh, almost like they're in uh, a museum or a large trophy room. A lot of weird alien looking creatures um, and so forth. And there at the end of the large room is Doc Brass um, lying, you know, lying down with his, you know, sitting up, but on the floor, his uh, legs all mangled. He's still holding two pistols and um, he introduces himself and he says that they better damn well be the good guys. And uh, so they start uh, asking him what happened. And uh, so he is a special type of person as well. Um, it turns out that people that were born um, at the turn of the century um, seemed to have special powers. And uh, he was one of those people. And he goes on to say, uh, because Elijah starts asking him questions, and he says, well, I limited my need for food and sleep in 1942, stopped aging in, in 43, and learned to close wounds with the power of my mind in 44. So I've just been uh, sitting here uh, waiting for somebody and basically um, protecting this place. And he uh, reminisces back to 1944, 1945, when he was called um, to this location by the rest of his, um, his, his group. And uh, he had a bunch of associates that he would um, work with on occasion. Um, one of them was Thomas Edison. Um, the other, others aren't anyone that uh, I've, necessarily uh, heard of before, but um, there's a guy that like is um, wearing um, like an outfit like the shadow almost, uh, but he's got a, a metal mask um, covering the lower part of his face. Um, so he almost looks like like that type of a, a character uh, from the pulps. There's another one that looks like he's um, some sort of a pilot. Um, another one, uh, that just looks like a businessman. Um, there's uh, an Asian guy that has very long fingers that look like claws. Um, so they're all part of this, this organization that Doc Brass is part of. And basically what they have decided to do was they've created a computer, and I keep in mind this is in the 40s, that um, isn't just running by itself, but somehow they've gotten it to, uh, to link up between, um, they, they've discovered that there's a multiverse and there's a multitude of other alternati uh, alternatives, um, you know, that could happen on any given planet. And what basically what this, this they call it a quantum brain does is that they um, put in calculations for outcomes that they would like to see and it gears, um, what it does is it, it gears their planet, this planet, to what they want, but also then starts eliminating other realities in which um, that's not happening. Um, so it's 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 pretty interesting to to, to think about that um, theoretically, and uh, they start running this. Um, it actually generates this huge um, crystal-like snowflake that rotates and um that basically is just uh, i it looks like it's it's a portal of some sort um and so what they decided to do was to run 
run information through uh, the quantum brain to try to end World War II. They knew that um, the Americans were working on the atomic bomb. They, uh, they knew that it was only a matter of time before they would invent it and that probably it would end up being used. So they were trying to um, figure out by using this quantum brain what would be the um, best way to end World War II with the least, um, the least number of people dying as possible. However, as they're running all of these programs, um, they end up seeing a group of, uh, of superpowered people staring back at them and uh, basically knowing that it is their planet or ours. Um, so they come through the portal and a tremendous battle ensued, which uh, killed all parties involved except for Doc Brass. And Doc Brass has been sitting here ever since kind of protecting this uh, quantum brain. So um, they say, you know, okay, you know, uh, it's like I couldn't switch it off so and I couldn't leave it. So I've been staying here uh, in case anyone else came through the actual portal. And uh, he says, I figure it must be about 1970 or thereabouts. And uh, keep in mind, it's, it's almost the year 2000 at this point. So he was off by a few decades. Um, Elijah and Jakita um, uh, call a medical helicopter. They kind of uh, grab Doc Brass, get him set up and off. And um, they're at, at the end, they're kind of like staring off into, through the mountains and... Uh, and uh, Elijah kind of wonders, well, did Planetary get what, what they wanted out of this? And she's like a quantum computer built during World War II by a secret society of superhero, uh, superhumans whom we didn't know existed, plus their headquarters. I think we did okay. Was it called ENIAC? <laughs> no, but it should have been. <laughs> no, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> and uh, Stowe says, it's a strange world. And she says, let's keep it that way. And that's your introduction to planetary. And it only gets stranger as the issues go on. So uh, I, I remember really enjoying this when, when it came out, although reading it monthly, a little bit tough. Um, you know what, Mike? Uh, I, I did actually reread on my – I have – um, two small hardcovers that have the full collection. Or if it's not the full collection, it's probably like the first 12 issues. Yeah. So I would have reread those. Well, that's where Cassidy got his uh, reputation for being so slow in it, because I thought that was the one really plagued with delays. Yes, absolutely. I think you're right. Yep. But yep. yeah, that was, I, 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 I'm due for a reread of that. I remember it fondly, and listening to your description, I, I definitely want to reread it. I really enjoyed it. And, and yeah, it looks like what I have is just the first 12 issues. It ran for 20 well, that I, I want to pick it up at least, at least number one now, because I, I think this is one of those properties that will become something. Oh, get it now while it's, yeah. While it's, yeah. while the going's I, good. I mean, I, you could see them making, I mean, first of all, it has, uh, you know, it's easy to make a procedural type of show uh, out of this. Right. It just, you know, with a lot of weird, weird stuff. Um, so, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you, Mike. I, I'm having trouble remembering the, the name of the show that 
had uh, Peter Jackson, Anna Torv, the, an older guy, and, uh, and Leonard Nimoy would guest star a lot. It was on Fox not terribly long ago, maybe 10 years ago. can't remember what it was called. It was a really weird show. Hmm. Like alternate Nothing reality. rings a bell with uh, Leonard Nimoy, that's for sure. Hang, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just let me search. I mean, Anna Torv. I don't know what she's how, how much she's done, but she has to be best known for, for that. So, Fringe, Fringe. Did you guys ever watch Fringe? I did not. I did not. I haven't either. Okay, so uh, it, Fringe, it was very, very strange in terms of like a, a multiverses, alternate realities. And then your monsters of the week. So it's kind of like the X Files, but not geared towards aliens. More like you know, a multiverse. I definitely recommend checking out Fringe if you're ever in the mood for a, a sci-fi show. Nice. Yep. Well, I think I think Sweet Tooth has shown that you never know what property is going to get made into something. And that's not knocking Sweet Tooth because Sweet Tooth is great, but I never would have guessed that they would, you know, go back to that one and make exactly. it into the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, everybody knows who Peter Porker Spider Ham is now, uh, and you know, true. for years, unless you had that Marvel Tales one shot or the Star Comics line, you probably did not know. Right. That's a, that's a great point. And now, you know, you can find a Spider Ham licensed item in walmart i'm like what 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 kind of world am i living in now i saw i i did see him in a packet with somebody else was it spider gwen or something there was a spider uh with little toy yeah yeah at, I saw at that target too. it's like uh i i wish i had room for toys man because those the one that really appealed to me recently is leapfrog. I mean, I knew who would have thought, you know, (laughs) that fat guy that I saw in the daredevil comic back in the day, dressed like a frog would have his own action figure. (laughs) He's he's in the, he's in the current Iron Man series too. Yeah. Oh, that (laughs) new Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh good. Oh my God. It has like an image of moon dragon. And then inside of moon dragon, it's got a Hellcat. It oh, looks yeah. so good. I love those covers right now. I agree. Oh, they're so well, amazing. I you, love you, Moon you always have me at Patsy Walker. You that yeah. just makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I love Patsy Walker, but it depends on how she's done. Well, I like I'm the more. more I, I like Patsy the more. Millie the model. <clears throat> I like Patsy more in Defenders. Like that's 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 my Patsy. Did you see that's coming back for a miniseries, Mike? Y- yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's cool. My favorite team of of all of Marvel. I think the only time I didn't like Hellcat was when they put her through the ringer in that uh, Hellstrom uh, series. But that that said, that was a good series. The oh, one in the Michael Bearart? Bear Holy crap. Yeah, it was a good series, but more they, they really messed her up. And that's, a, that's an underrated... I, I like the darker side, I, I personally, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, it's a, I, it's they, a good series. When they series. bring her into hell and stuff, then the modeling stuff. I, and then they, like, lightened her up in the 2000s. I was sort of disappointed. <laughs> but every, every, everybody has their own, you know, uh, time period for a lot of these characters. 
mine was the defenders that's how i knew patsy walker and and then the avengers yeah definitely those those, uh bronze age defenders yeah well i can go next i i don't have a lot to say on this one but uh it is interesting I, i picked this one up fairly recently it's a 20 cent comic called weird worlds uh number one and uh i do have a lot of tarzan and i do have a lot of korak um what i didn't know is they took the features out of that and they put them into here so uh you know before marvel got john carter warlord of mars going you had john carter warlord of mars and in tarzan and uh in korak you had the how do they pronounce it Lucidar. Pel Lucidar, which is the world. I, for a while there, I, I was getting Pelucidar um, from American mythology. It's Edgar Rice Burroughs, Pelucidar, uh, coming from American mythology. And in uh, Warlord of Mars, you can easily find him in Dynamite comics now. Um, I think Pelucidar is in the newest previews. I think it, they're bringing it back. Yeah, it's been it's it's been coming out. Um, it just they just relaunch it like every now and then with a new number one. Like it, it doesn't go very far. It'll have like one or two issues, and then this is like a new one. Yep. But uh, it's the planet that's in. It's kind of like Warlord's world. You know, it's inner Earth. Uh, it's got dinosaurs and strange creatures, and then wolves and stuff like that but what this is is it's so bizarre it has tarzan on the cover and then it has john carter um on the cover he was a um confederate soldier uh fighting a thwark i think that's what they call him and uh they they have the the world of uh pellucidar and uh that one was was very unique because uh it, it takes off, but it's sort of comics back in the day. They, they do a good job of sort of like catching you up to speed. Like uh, it, it sort of tells you that they're in inner earth and this David Enies and Abner Perry were capt you know, they're captured by ape men. They, they don't really look like ape men. They're, they're drawn really funky. They look like blue creatures that have like these monster faces, but they call them ape men and when they're captured by these they're suddenly attacked by gorilla men and they the gorilla men do look like gorillas and they sort of take uh david and abner abner's an older guy um that came to inner earth and they meet up with these human slaves uh, and there's a beautiful slave uh called diane the beautiful (laughs) she's 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 pretty dang sexy but oh, yeah. uh, she she was a princess of, of some sort and had royalty that were captured by these uh, gorilla people. And uh, she had a conflict with this guy called Hooja the Sly. He's a pretty ugly dude. But uh, she he seemed to think that that Diane belonged to her, to him. And uh, David ends up fighting Hooja. And uh, I guess culture-wise... Um, David has the ability because he he won the contest 
to say, I free you or you become my slave. But he didn't know that. He's, he's new to this world. He didn't know what to do. So he didn't do anything. And uh, what that means is that she's kind of like has no purpose or, or, or she can't be free and she can't be a slave. So she just is, which becomes really weird. But there's like this cave that's like a, well, they call it like a black hole in the side of a mountain and they go into the cave and they, they, they lost Diane and they think that Huja captured her. And now that they, they have to, to try to figure out where she is and try to rescue her again. But, um, the next story, this, this one reads like a standard John Carter story. Cause I, I remember this distinctively and I, I think it even plays out in the movie, which in my opinion is one of the most underrated movies in all of history because I think this movie's I think John Carter is one of the best movies that I've seen in that kind of genre it's just amazing and it's visually stunning to see I totally agree I I feel bad Disney had it and Lone Ranger kind of back to back and I really liked both of them and and the fact that they both flop so much pretty much has killed off the, any chance we're going to get any pulp characters in a movie again anytime soon? But, yeah, that John Carter especially is incredible, and I and I didn't I didn't feel like the Lone Ranger and Tonto was necessarily my Lone Ranger and Tonto, but I sure. thoroughly enjoyed it anyway. Right. I, I found Lone Ranger and Tonto to be a lot more enjoyable on other viewings. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, it it was good. But I found it more and more enjoyable <laughs> the more times I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I've grown out appreciation really for it. Really flummoxes me because I'm like, why did people not like it? Not only I get that maybe people didn't go see it, but it literally was like crapped on, and that's the part I don't understand. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't understand why now that it's got a home video release and everything, it hasn't built up more of a following where people are like. Hey, let's give this a second look because most of the time people are like, "No, I skipped that. That looked terrible." I'm like, "What are you talking well, I, about?" I, I think uh, I think marketing wise, I don't know why they didn't say John Carter, Warlord of Mars, because I if you put Mars in there, I, I think that you would get like more sci-fi people. But you, you, you just name something John Carter, and most people don't even know who what that is. I think it's the ER dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't know what it is mm. but uh this this uh, story deals with uh john carter and uh deja Torres. they're captured and uh by uh lorquas potomol and he's a thork uh, a martian with the four arms and um you, you one of the most famous martians in the whole john carter is tars tarkas and his daughter, and they're sort of like helping John Carter and Dejah Thoris in this scenario. And then you get to meet that, like if you saw the movie, that that funky dog, <laughs> you know, that, that dog that turns out to be an ally to John Carter. It, it's a really cool dog-looking creature, and, and you kind of feel like sympathetic towards that, that creature. He's in this comic and he's he's an ally to uh, John Carter too. So it was it was really cool to see that. The Tarzan as the host is so bizarre because he doesn't say a word. He just sits on the side of the the comic and kind of <laughs> looks at looks at the panels. He's like, 
Hmm, look at the panels. What was that? Why did they do that? Just maybe to... I think it's because Tarzan is well-known, and yeah, the other two popular. properties yeah. are not. Oh, he was seems like huge he was in the 70s, man. Like, you could not, like, have a Saturday morning without a Tarzan cartoon for, like, 10, 15 years. Gotcha. It still yeah, seems like they would use him as a speaking host. Like, hey, let me show you this, tell you about this tale I got coming up. And here's Korak, and here's John Carter. Instead of just sitting on the side of the page looking at yeah. the panel art. Yeah, that seems was like weird. a bizarre editorial decision. They have an ad for uh, Demon, so Demon Number One. This is around the time that Jack Kirby was was over there working, and uh, they have uh, some of those army sets that this one called Tank Trap. I don't remember seeing this one too much, and then they have like a Navy uh, battle toy I, I mostly saw the soldiers that came in the box because i ordered them um i was so disappointed when i got them because it was like oh for a dollar you know two bucks i could get this whole box of 65 soldiers and 65 enemies and five tanks and all this stuff and they were like these thin pieces of plastic that had mm. like they didn't even look 3d they, they were like 2d on a stand <laughs> And they were huh. so disappointing. Um, but anyway, I, I actually sent away for one of those toys. But these, these sets I didn't. I, I had sent away for two. If you remember the ads for the Revolutionary War, um, yep. the, it had the blue and the red. Those ones were cool. They, they were about less than an inch tall, but they had like, they look 3D. They look like a, a, a soldier. The the military ones, I, I they were like ridiculously poorly put together, in my opinion, because the soldiers were bigger than the tanks. It, it was so bizarre. Wasn't there like a Roman Legion one too, or something like yes, that? Yes, yes, there was. I don't know what those look like. I probably could Google it, but uh, I don't know if what those look like. I was always curious about that one. Yeah. I was always curious about that submarine, too, that you could fit kids in. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw it years later, and I was like, it just looks like a piece of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I had. This is pretty cool. It, it's kind of cool that they, they stuck the backups. Because, like, in Tarzan, they had Tarzan, Tarzan Family, and then Korak. A lot of those Koraks and Tarzans were like 60 cent books and they mm. had like multiple stories in them. But it is cool that they took these properties and it, 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 another thing that I like is that these properties are still available to us. You can you can go to American Mythology and get one of them and then Dynamite and get the other. Right. Yeah, I like the ERB stuff. It's it's it's, it's cool that it's survived this long and then, you know, Hadn't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Tarzan I, is my favorite by far. Oh, yeah. I, I, I could always read that stuff over and over again. And I love the movies, too. Like, I love Tarzan movies. Even the one that just came out recently. Was, I love uh, was that one, except for the fact Samuel Jackson is not running on the top of trees at his age. That's well, they they, uh, they CGI'd him to be younger. So oh, that's in all, fair. In, in, in all fairness... Um, 
They 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 made him twenty years younger. Right. <laughs> and he was jumping on trees, swinging right. from vine to vine. Yeah, uh, that was that was a good movie. Yeah, and then I like Greystoke, and I've been watching a lot of the older. Uh, I used to watch the is his name Weissmiller or. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Weissmiller. Weissmiller. Yeah, yeah Weissmiller. I used to watch those with my dad, like on Sunday afternoons. They used to have a movie of Tarzan and I, I saw a lot of them and I, I just started watching a lot of them on Amazon prime. Cause if you search Tarzan, you can, you can see a lot of older movies, but I enjoy them all. Mm-hmm. And Jane That's is cool. always cool. Although I had to like pass up the, the toys recently, they were in back of previews and they had Tarzan and Jane. And I was like, ah, I want them but I, I decided to go with the the phantom and his horse and zorro and his horse instead yeah they're, they're putting out some incredible toys lately but they're they're so expensive mm-hmm. yeah they are i had to get the zorro the zorro was a must zorro is my uh, he, he's one of my favorite pulps and talking about exciting, Don McGregor's writing it again for uh, yeah, American Mythology. Yeah. That is so cool. I love Zorro. <laughs> All right. Kirk. Yes, sir. What do you got for us? Well, since we were planning a 12-hour podcast, I read two comics to get ready. All one right. of them, One of them I really enjoyed. One of them I did not. So I'm going to start... <laughs> I'm going to start with the one I really enjoyed, which is Jonah Hex, number 49, from June 1981. Got Michael Fleischer as the scripter, Dick Ayers, and Tony DeZaniga as the artists, Shelley Lefferman Letterer, and Bob LaRose as colorist, with Ross Andrew as the editor. Tony this did is, a lot of westerns, right? He did, and he did. Yeah, I really like his Jonah Hex. It's and, prolific. And looking at, looking at the art in this, his inks really kind of take over. And I don't know that I would know Dick Ayers penciled it without reading this in the credits. This story is called Reap the Grim Harvest. And we open on Jonah and his new bride admiring their farm. And she recounts how Jonah has now given up his life as a bounty hunter to marry her and become a farmer. Jonah wants to get some work done to prepare for selling their corn crop. But Mei Ling, Mai Ling, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Mai Ling distracts Jonah. With an offer of skinny dipping. I would say Mai Ling because that's the same in Young Guns. Mai Ling is the one that was with Kiefer Sutherland. Is she? Yeah. I I just watched that recently and I didn't remember that. What did Jonah Hex think about that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't want to try to steal Jonah's woman. No. (laughs) So Jonah tosses his just lit smoke and takes off after his wife. And later, you see that uh, his wife is still in the river naked, and he's getting dressed on the bank. And she notices that there's smoke, and he immediately identifies that that's coming from the corn. He runs back to find his discarded smoke has caught the corn on fire, and it is now spreading to the horse barn. Jonah manages to save the horses as his wife comes up. She's very mad and accuses Jonah of setting the fire intentionally so he could become a bounty hunter again. Jonah denies it, swears that he's given up his matching six-gun Colts, and they're still in the drawer in the house. And then he gets ready to ride into town because he's got to come up with a way to raise the needed $6,000 mortgage payment. And 
that seemed like a lot, especially for this to be in the 1800s. But yeah. but I digress. So he tells his wife his cults are in the house, and he takes off to find some odd jobs to do. And of course, his first stop is the sheriff's office, where he picks up some wanted posters and figures out which ones will raise the needed $6,000. Meanwhile, Mei Ling, or Mai Ling, starts feeling terrible and says she's never felt this sick, and she rides off to see the doctor before she gets any worse. Jonah gets to work doing what he does best, and he raises the needed amount and heads back home. He finds Mai Ling sitting at the table who tells him that she is pregnant. He admits he lies, but he was able to raise the money and they've saved the farm. And Noah says something, or Jonah says something along the lines of, you know, what, what, what can life throw at us that we can't beat? Which is, if you've read some later issues with Jonah, you know, that's probably an ominous thing for him to be saying. We have a, a non, non-important letters page other than Comic Pro. Ken Penders has a letter in it. He's worked on a lot of stuff. I know he worked on Sonic the Hedgehog. He may not be as important to Mike as Todd McFarlane, but uh, I do get a thrill when I see a, a pro in the letters column. The backup feature in this issue is the return of Batlash. He's back in an all-new monthly series. Will he save the West or ruin it? This was written by Lynn Wayne or Wayne and Dan Spiegel did the art, which is just gorgeous. Bat is in a card game when a man pulls a gun on him in defense of his sister's honor. Apparently, Bat had promised to to marry this man's sister and kind of reneged on the deal. Bat agrees to meet the man outside, but knocks the man over a railing and into the waiting river below. Bat returns to his game of cards where the stakes are raised, and one gambler offers the deed to his business in New Orleans as collateral. Bat wins the hand, which leads to another gambler sending some goons after Bat to collect the deed. They attack Bat in bed, but surprise, Bat is not in bed. He's hiding in the closet waiting for such a thing. It's just pillows, and they've spread feathers all over the room attacking Bat, which gives them some cover but bat manages to outdraw them and shoots two of the goons but the third escapes to the balcony he admits that he's been hired for this job and bat shoots the match that's hanging out of the man's mouth trying to intimidate him and get him to say who hired him but instead the man freaks out when the match catches on fire and falls over the balcony into the river a beautiful woman comes out after all this commotion to check on bat he embraces her and she picks his pocket and pulls the deed out and then pushes him over the bo- overboard into the river. We close with Bat crawling up on the riverbank, promising this is only the beginning. This was an r- excellent issue, excellent art, and if you're a Jonah fan, I'd highly recommend it. Sounds great. And I love, I love the return of Batlash, especially with Dan Spiegel drawing him. Yeah, I don't have the first series of Batlash. I need to I need to seek it out. It's excellent. I have a question for you on westerns because okay. I I had a coverless comic book back in the day and I don't know where it came from, but uh where where what title do you find the Tiger Twins in? I don't know about Tiger Twins. There's Trigger Twins. Trigger Twins, the Trigger Twins. Trigger Twins started, I believe, in All-Star Western from D.C. They, they did. I just happened to be looking at it. Kirk, it's so weird that, that you're asking that, Mike, because 
I, I just was looking at All Star Western first volume, Mike, number fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Ah. I think Mike should buy everybody on the show a copy of the first Trigger Twins. <laughs> so. Well, they actually appeared on a CW show. I can't remember if it was Arrow um, or what, but they like made them modern characters, but it was the Trigger Twins. It was pretty cool. Well, now, I did not know they did that, but I do remember seeing several copies all of a sudden come up for sale at much higher prices than I'd been seeing them, and I wondered what was going on, and that would explain it. Yeah. Because I would, I don't have it. I would love to get a copy. But at the time, they were already more than I wanted to spend. And then then with the increased interest, it was way out of what I was going to spend. Well, you're in luck tonight because Mike's buying everybody a copy. Hot diggity <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah, I want to get the first appearance of Madam 44. There we go. She looked like Cinnamon, but she's in a white outfit and... Uh... She's shooting out some guy's gun holster in issue 117. But it's got Gil Kane and Carmen Infantino on art, Gardner Fox. That's good stuff. Hmm? Yeah, usually if it's a DC Western or a DC War, you're, you're probably going to get a good comic. The Tiger Twins, man, there's... I'm triggered. I keep saying Tiger. It's Trigger Twins. The Trigger Twins, they have a lot of... Uh, appearances well they were a, a recurring feature back in the day back when a lot of these characters you, you may not ever see them again the trigger the, the like the trigger twins were one of my first western comics but i never had a cover that was the one of the first ones that i got from the garbage dump hmm. and i always wondered who these guys were I, I knew they were called the trigger twins but i didn't know what where they came from Right. Yeah. That would be like my Master of Kung Fu without the cover and first page. And I was like, what is this yeah. comic? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. You know, it may be missing half the pages, but if it was a comic, I wanted it. And most of mine back then came from yard sales and thrift stores. So whatever they had, you know. You, that's what you got. You That's what you got. <laughs> Put it in the buggy and say, please, Mom. <laughs> Well, I wonder if a lot of those came from the coverless ones from just the drugstores throwing them out and sending the cover back. Oddly enough, I have a lot of them where they've like cut the title off where obviously that's what they did where they didn't have to return the whole thing. Yeah, it was split, cut the top split off. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and a, lot of times, those. a lot of times those, except for the fact that half the cover's missing, are in great shape. Great shape. Yeah, the back cover's like pristine condition. <laughs> and I'm like, this I, so I even have some of the Marvels ones where they would just cut out, you know, like if it was an issue of the FF, they would just cut out the little box with the thing on it or whatever, and uh, that's the only thing missing. Oh, wow. Well, I have some early Marvels, like really early Marvels, that aren't worth much because they were hole-punched. But other than... The fact that they're like hole punching degrades the book pretty significantly. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people put them in three ring binders um, and then just kept their comics in a three ring binder. But th yeah, it's 
other than the hole punches, they look like they're pristine. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're really nice. I think I have Avengers 5, 6, and 7 that are, like, all hole-punched. <laughs> oh, nice. Are they the Mary Clark collection or whatever name? <laughs> no. No, they don't have that wonderful signature on them. <laughs> she signed all the romance comics. I know. And Space Any... 2090. Space uh, 20. Yeah, any... What is it? Space uh, 1999. Yeah. yeah. Anything Charlton, she signed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool though because charlton's kind of I, I i love the story of charlton because those guys met in prison and then bought the cheapest equipment and came out and started producing comics and they well, yeah, were pretty they said, they said prolific, if it was like the basement prolific. was flooding they would just take the art boards and like throw it down to block up the hole you know yeah <laughs> it's one of the more interesting stories you know like they come out of prison and they're like oh let's make comics <laughs> well yeah because i think he originally was doing song books or something yeah yeah, yeah where he print like pop lyrics <clears throat> but wasn't he doing it like under the table and then got in trouble for it or oh, something yeah, he was shysty he wasn't paying for him he was just like reprinting them yeah all right who's got a second one not i not me you don't have a second one, Naked Joe comic show? I thought you I thought you did. I thought you had one that was funny and one that was serious or something. Not me. No, that was Kirk said he us. had a good one and a bad one. Oh. <clears throat> Go ahead then. Give give it to us, Kirk. What's the bad one? And how well, bad can it really be? Honestly, <laughs> it was terrible. And and I say that as a man who loves comics. And I, I admittedly am not the target market for this. It is Leave It to Binky. Oh, man, six, you didn't like those? Number 67 from June, July, 1969. And the only credit that I can find on this is the cover is signed Oxner, which is Bob Oxner. And I love what the number, cover. What number was this one? Number 67. And it's got Binky cuddling up to his girl as they pass a haunted house and she's like but binky why do we always take the long way home this cover this old haunted house i love the cover this was in a house ad and i hunted for this comic for years with no luck and i eventually i eventually forgot about it and i found a lot of binky comics for fairly cheap and i was like oh I hadn't read Binky. Let me get some Binky because I loved that Jerry Lewis I read recently. And I love the Bob Hope. I was like, Binky's probably in the same vein. Well, this is maybe this is just because it's in the the late 60s, early 70s, and they're trying to all be hippies. I don't know what the deal is. They all it's obviously very Archie Comics inspired where Binky has got a rival. this, This series is very Archie. This, but this issue did absolutely nothing for me. The thing I found interesting was like the the inside front cover has the house ad for Brave and the Bold number eighty four, which is a Neil Adams issue where Batman is holding holding Sergeant Rock in his arms, kind of like Crisis number seven, where Superman is holding the dead Supergirl, and it says, "How can this be possible? Batman and Sergeant Rock together?" Find out in the July exciting <laughs> issue of Brave and Bold on sale April 22nd. But the uh, 
the story there are like four stories and the artwork is decent but god i just hated this guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want to know more what was so bad yeah, about what was it? so bad it just i don't know okay the first story the the rival of binky is mad because binky is reminded by the hot blonde that they have a date to the dance saturday night and he's like, she never goes out with me. She's always going out with Binky. How can I stop this? Binky gets with his friend and says, I got, I don't have any bread, man. How am I going to take her to the dance? That night. It's that nice. sounds fantastic. How could you hate that? I mean, the <laughs> fact that he said, how come you don't have any bread? I don't have any bread. How can I take her to the dance? That's so already they it. Starts it off snows as an that night. They're going to raise the bread <laughs> by shoveling the walks. And the first one they go to shovel, they said, well, we can't even get to the house. There's so much snow. Let's shovel the walk and get up to the door. And they get up to the door, and there's a note saying, gone for two weeks. You know, <laughs> send my mail great. next door. <laughs> and so they've shoveled the walk for nothing. Well, Binky's rival comes up with the plan going, I've got to get Binky off of this so he doesn't raise the bread, man. And this, this sounds fantastic. This sounds like Dobie Gillis talk. I don't know what's this going is great. on, Kirk. You're usually a person <laughs> that, that is very open-minded with everything. I was open-minded. I, I assumed I would either like it or love it. And I am really surprised to say that I hated this comic. <laughs> this I mean, is, is there a the... bunch of toilet humor coming up that's going to offend no, you or what? Just, it's just everything in it was just so ridiculous to me that it's not even funny. You know, usually there's something clever or some really good artwork that yeah. makes you go, hey, Betty, hey, Veronica, va-va-voom. But this just didn't do anything for me. This guy steals a large truck with a, a snow shovel on the front to try to get – he's going to give it to Binky to use. Binky and hope didn't Binky, reload, reload And hope the Binky gets paper. caught with a stolen snow truck. <laughs> But instead, a cop comes along thinking he works for the highway patrol and says, come with me. I got a job for you. And he starts plowing the city streets, messes it all up, ends up in the hospital with a jury or a, a court summons and a bill for the damages. And it's just. This sounds great. Like I, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing you said that makes me not want to read this. Well, you, you add it to your cart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And I want to hear your thoughts on the next episode. Because this just, I wanted, I fully expected I'd like it. I really did. Because I like the Dobie Gillis comic. I like Archie comics. I like the Jerry Lewis comic. But this one, outside of the cover, which I do love, and I look at this cover and I think of being a little kid, seeing it in the ad going, ooh, I want that one. And other than that, I hated this with a passion. There's an interesting <laughs> article in it of the wonderful world of comics, number 11, DC stars of stage, screen, radio, and television, where it gives a one-page summary of all the DC characters that have appeared on television and in film serials. There's a wonderful house ad with three blockbusters with GI Combat, our Army at War and Star-Spangled War Stories, all with Kubert covers. And that, you know, that would have sent me off in search of everything. There's another house ad with The Daring and the Different, 13 tales that hold you in unbelievable suspense until the shocking climax with a DC special horror issue. But 
when you're more excited about the house ads than the stories you're reading, then you probably... <laughs> you know something's wrong. Yeah, there's something off with this book. Yeah. I was going to order it, but uh, they don't have it. So I put it to my want list. I'm sure you can find a copy on eBay for... Maybe, maybe, these maybe these ones Kirk, are hard to find. Maybe Kirk will his. He doesn't like it. Well, I these love are, the cover. <laughs> I just... <laughs> These are hard to find, like in uh, VG or higher. Well, that's like why I was excited to find a, a small little lot of them because you don't, you just don't see them. No. That, yeah. That's why, I, you know, I was actually looking for Jerry Lewis, hoping I could find some Jerry Lewis, but uh, I found Binky. I said Binky will do. Yeah. And this was just a colossal disappointment. And I'm hoping that because I've got like six or seven issues now, I'm hoping that the others are better than this. But outside of this I, I do know that Bob uh, Oxner cover, I was just disappointed. I had 65 and I enjoyed it. I'm, that one has a uh, Binky on the cover, and uh, his girlfriend is uh, hugging him with his. They both have sweaters on and ice skates, and she says, "Brr, Binky, I can't understand why you told me my outfit would be." warm enough and he goes <laughs> because, oh. because his nipples are her nipples are poking his shirt bounce <laughs> oh wow wow yeah so mike i feel challenged uh because i didn't have a second story so i'm gonna give you one real quick oh, so there i you just go. nice thing being in the new house i've got the office and it's got all my trades in here so i just reached over to the 1999 trade mystery in space part of the dc pulp fiction library and uh i knew it had some one pagers so i'm going to read you guys a one pager called passages and it's by lynn ween and joe staten and it's from mystery in space the one uh series we were talking about november 1980 so this is called passages when the first rocket left Earth, the boy was five and too concerned with being five to ever think about the stars. But the stars were waiting. When the sixth rocket left Earth, the boy was 15 and too concerned with his algebra grades and his varsity letter to ever think about the stars. But still, the stars were waiting. When the twelfth rocket left Earth, the boy was 25 and too concerned with the girl he loved and his brand new job to ever think about the stars. But as ever, the stars were waiting. When the 18th rocket left Earth, the boy was 35 and too concerned with his overweight wife, his demanding kids, and his impending promotion to ever think about the stars. <laughs> but nonetheless, the stars were waiting. When the 26th rocket left Earth, the boy was 45 and too concerned with spiraling inflation, a bleeding ulcer, and his executive vice presidency to ever think about the stars. And again, the stars were waiting. This sounds like somebody at church talking. This is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool little one pager, and then of course the final panel, when the last rocket left Earth, the boy was 55, and now at last he thought of nothing but the stars. But of course he was far far too late. Not even the stars will wait forever. The end. Oh my! So there yeah. you go. Makes you think. Yeah. yeah. Got to take it makes me. Of... Makes me think. Why did Binky suck? Oh Jesus. <laughs> 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 but anyway, that is a very cool trade. It, 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 it traverses the entire history of mystery in space from its original incarnation to that 80s incarnation we were talking about. It's slim. It's probably out of print since it's from 99, but it's a good one. Oh, interesting. Well, if you ever see Leave It to Binky Bundles and you, you, you ha left you a bad taste in your mouth, you, 
te- you know, text me or send me a, a link <laughs> because uh, Mia and Bill have been look- looking for Leave It to Binky uh, lately. So I've got at least one. Maybe I'll do mine next episode. I only have a couple of them, but they're they're like I said, they're hard to track down. You can find them in GD or lower, but trying to find it in VG or higher, there it's pretty rough. Well, except for a little piece off of the corner, it, it's really not in bad shape. Yeah. So I, um, it presents well, and I'm, I really do like that cover. And I feel like I accomplished something because I've wanted it for years and then had forgotten about it. But It, it sounds like so Adobe Gillis episode. Man, I got to find some bread. Got to take my <laughs> girl on a date. And it sets up fine, but the whole guy, the guy steals a... a a big old truck, so he's going to get Binky sent to prison? As, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a little higher stakes than I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that about it. I need to call this Leave it to Binky. This is a good a good uh, description here. <laughs> maybe, we need, maybe we need you to read our Leave it to Binkies to us to make it even better. <laughs> Story time with Uncle Kirk. I have, a, I have a leave it to Binky from the Mary Clark auction. I'll, I'll have to uh, send the pics over to Kirk so he can read it to us. You got to get that think, set up, you know. I do think I have another Binky that I enjoyed that I have. I've had it for years and years and years. But this one, I was just like, there's like four stories. And I was like, well, maybe this next one's better. And it just got worse. The last one, <laughs> the last one is Binky promises all his friends they will have the picnic of a lifetime. And everybody's like, there's no, how can you promise that? You don't know. It might rain tomorrow. And sure enough, they get up and it's just flooding. So he begs his dad, my friend, can my friends come over so we can have a picnic indoors? And he's like, you crazy kids. You're not tearing up my furniture. You're not coming in this house. You son of a bitch. And they're like, <laughs> and Binky's like, please dad, don't beat me. Let me have my friends over. And so he's like, all right, you can have the basement, you bunch of pot-smoking hippies. And and so Binky sets up these signs because his friends obviously are so stupid they can't figure out, you know, to come to the door and then go down to the basement. So they all go to the basement, and the picnic is just the most magnificent picnic they've ever had in their life because they have sandwiches and a TV. <laughs> this and is the, like the best ep- issue of Leave It to Binky oh, I've ever God, read. Dying or heard. The the rival <laughs> that I, uh, I can't believe Son Binky. of a Bitch made it past the comics code. <laughs> yeah, I know. This... I, I may be I may be reading a little bit into that, but <laughs> his dad is not happy about the idea of all these teenage dirty hippies in his house, <laughs> and. I love hippie comics, man. The, brother, the, brother, the, power of the geek is one of the, my favorites. Well, now I love brother, power of the geek. Maybe <laughs> they should have had a crossover and brought Binky up to snuff. <laughs> but the, this friend is complaining, this rival, that this is not a great picnic because we're missing out on all these things. And one of the things he complains that it's not a picnic without ants and everybody. These stoned out teenagers go, yeah, man, we need ants. It's not a picnic without ants. 
And I'm like, who misses ants? What is wrong with you dope-smoking teenagers? They crack open an ant farm and let them loose? Well, they send Binky outside to find ants. And then they decide the rival reveals that his plan is for Binky to bring the ants in. His hot-headed father will find the ants and then kill Binky. And so, again, the stakes seem a little bit high than the, higher than they should be for a, a kid comic. <laughs> and so they say, scream out to Binky, Binky, don't bring the ants in. Your father will murder you. <laughs> you know, you, you did have a sister at one point, and now you just have your little brother whose name is Allergy. His name <laughs> is Allergy. So obviously he was not a wanted child. <laughs> <laughs> this is the so, best, the best uh, comic we've ever reviewed. So, so Binky decides, because he does not want to die, but he does want to beat his rival, he just brings three of his aunts from the family reunion upstairs down to smoke a doobie with him in the basement. <laughs> this is great! I need to buy this comic! This is... <laughs> oh, uh, that's awesome. So, so it's like that Ants commercial before uh, the Ants commercial. <laughs> Expired. Uh, Expired. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, now I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's it's like that, but with a, a crazed, murderous father, a kid named Allergy, and a jerk, a jerk who he, who gets invited to all these things, but he's trying to get Binky locked up in prison and murdered. I don't understand why. That, you know, if somebody wants me to go to jail, I'm probably not going to hang out with them anymore. Huh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, it, I don't understand your hate for this. I, no, it sounds I'm fantastic. Either. I would have been laughing. Yeah, I would have been. <laughs> it just didn't. Maybe, maybe I need to get some drugs from the late 60s, early 70s. <laughs> Take those, and I then know. I will enjoy this episode of Binky, where Binky, next issue, Binky goes to jail and learns not to bend over for the soap. <laughs> that, that I, I want to read. The next issue. <laughs> That's the next issue. His rival is successful, and Binky and and Benny are sent to the big house. <laughs> oh, and his rival gets word to the inmates that Binky is actually a child murderer, because the inmates <laughs> love child murderers. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. Those those crazy pranks that guy pulls. I know, just hilarious. <laughs> uh, oh well, guys, this was fun. I'm gonna um, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna let you guys go. I want to watch the rest of. I started watching Army of the Dead yesterday. Oh, I'm gonna start today. We're gonna watch and, this now. And I really am enjoying it, but I couldn't. I was super tired last night. Yeah. And, Instead of falling asleep and missing some, I I turned it off. So I'm gonna watch the rest. Yeah, yeah we started was... Modoc yesterday, and uh, oh, I started like... I started it too, Joe. But then the kids came in, and I'd watched enough to know that uh, that my eight year olds probably shouldn't be watching it. Oh yeah, so... it's not super kid friendly. No. no. What 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 but... is that on? What is that? It's Hulu. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a PG thirteen, or is it worse? It's more like Robot Chicken. It's uh, Patton Oswalt, I think, with Seth Green uh, uh, Productions. Yeah. So it like, just hits them. 
uh, swearing in there and, and and some I mean some like humor that the kids might not. Well, right. they probably it, it wouldn't even get some of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's violent and bad words. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, you'll be having a talk with a principal after they watch that episode. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> repeat we don't some, repeat that. some of that at the school. Oh. Yeah, so I, I probably only have about five minutes left, and I was really enjoying it. Wow, only five minutes, and you couldn't make it through five more minutes? Walked right into the... Uh, no, I just turned it off. I don't know what's coming up next. Could have been something... Oh, oh, because of the danger. I see. Yeah, I didn't want them, you know... Yeah, walking in, and there's a huge dick on the screen. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> there were aliens that had sex with people, so yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> All right, well, we can wrap this one up. You can reach uh, Kirk at Big5Army at Twitter. You can reach Joe at, at Iowa's Joe. Uh, Rob Krieger, like Seeger, but not spelled like that, at Rob Krieger. It's and, spelled uh, B-I-N-K. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Mike Myers Brunch, and you've been listening to the DC Everything Else podcast which is now featuring a leave it to binky uh feature every now every episode that's right i'll be bringing mine next week so that's what it needs to be a scalp hunter slash leave it to binky podcast (laughs) (laughs) i will enjoy half the show Oh, All right, it was awesome. a lot of fun. I had a, I had a blast, guys. It it's been too long. Yeah. yeah, have a good one and uh, have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you too. Too. Good night, guys. Good Bye. night. Bye, everybody.